It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Monday, May 14th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, all of the surrogate moms, everybody who's taken part in raising children, and even the ones who are raising pets, because that's hard work, too. Happy Mother's Day to my mother, Barbara Green Jufo, who did everything for me. I love you. Thanks for tuning in today. We got a good show. I'm back from New Orleans. I went to a wedding over the weekend, which is why I did not record on Thursday or Friday. But no new information between Thursday and now. We know the Warriors are playing the Rockets tonight. We know that LeBron was going to go face the Celtics yesterday. Not a great game for LeBron yesterday. Not a great game for the Cavaliers at all. And the Celtics dominated from basically the opening tip. But I'm going to spend as little time as possible talking about the Eastern Conference today because it's all about the Western Conference Finals right now. People are calling this the real finals. The 65-win Rockets famously built to beat the Warriors. We're going to get into how they might game plan against the Dubs defensively. Zach Lowe came out with an excellent preview piece, which I'm going to get into a little bit. I'm going to talk about some of the other things happening around the dubs as well, including KD releasing the KD 11 and a Mother's Day spot featuring KD's mom. But real quick, you can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iOS, and Google Play, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com. Make sure you book that, mark that page. You can find me on Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or at Locked On Dubs, I tweet from both accounts. You can also find this podcast on Facebook at Locked On Dubs, and you can find my written work on Forbes.com. Now, without further ado, let's get into this game. 6 p.m. Pacific in Houston. That's 8 p.m. local time. The Rockets have a well-earned home court advantage, but I still say Warriors in six. I think they're going to take one of those two games in Houston, win both games in Oracle, probably lose to Houston in game five, and then take the series in game six back at Oracle. But there's a ton of variables here. Now, which James Harden are we going to see? Are we going to see the James Harden in game five who did not have a good game, kind of relied on brilliance from Chris Paul to dispatch the Jazz? I don't think so. Uh, Zach Lowe goes into how Harden can't get into kind of lazy uh, step-back basketball, that the step-back is always going to be there. 
But for Harden to be most effective, for the Rockets to be reliant on him, he needs to be driving and kicking. He needs to be breaking down the defense and finding open shooters on the wings, in the corners. He's got to make the Warriors' defense work. And to be fair, that step back is a lot of work for one defender, especially if they get the mismatch that they want. And that's the thing. There's going to be switching. Switching, 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 switching. And so these individual offense-defense matchups mean very little, honestly. You're going to have Stephen Curry on Chris Paul probably to start the game, but for how long is Steph going to be guarding Chris? And more than that, How many actions are they going to put Steph through? How many screens? How many times are they going to seize the matchup that they're looking at purposefully and then try to break down in the one-on-one Chris Paul, James Harden doing their amazing things against defenders who can't take them as easily? But that's the thing about the Warriors is that at any given time, they have four players on the court who can guard Chris Paul and James Harden. So the switching will have to be, they're going to have to get on the bigs. And then they can break down the defense by taking the bigs off the dribble. And Capella can come in from the weak side, come in and do damage off of passes from Harden and Paul because the big has been pulled out of the lane. Now, who is the big going to be? Are they going to start Kavan? I don't think so. I don't think Kerr is going to be starting Kavon Looney. You definitely have to start size with Capella. I don't think it makes sense to start the Hamptons 5 either. I'm not going to prognosticate about who Steve Kerr is going to start tonight. I just think that you definitely have to start size with size against Capella. But let's get back to the macro points here. I've been reading a lot of stories that really aren't giving the Rockets a chance in hell. The Warriors are 24-3 and with Kevin Durant playing during the playoffs over the last two seasons. The Hamptons 5 is a plus 54 in 54 minutes together on the floor. They are absolutely torching opponents. The Pelicans just didn't know what to do in games 4 and 5. Offensively, you've got weapons out the wazoo, and when Andre and Draymond are hitting their threes, good luck. And defensively, you've got the switch everything. You've got Draymond and Kevin Durant holding down the back line. And that is such a luxury to be able to have your small forward, one of the biggest, longest small forwards in the game, who also is the game's best scorer, holding it down on the defensive end playing as if he's seven feet tall, which we're pretty sure he is. And then Draymond Green, undersized at four, playing five. You're going to see a lot of the Hamptons five lineup, a lot of Green and KD on Capella and Nene. And it'll be interesting to see if the Warriors can force the Rockets to go small. The Rockets are 50 and five when Capella plays with James Harden and Chris Paul. And so far, there hasn't been a team that's good enough to run Capella off the floor. I think the Warriors are going to try to do that. And then with Capella out, the ball's in their court. It becomes a Warriors type of game when Capella sits. And that's the thing. The Warriors are going to run more than the Rockets 
the Rockets are obviously going to shoot more threes, but they're not going to have nearly as many assists. They're going to pound possessions into the ground, and the Warriors are going to look to get out and run. So it's a contrast. It's a, it is a situation of contrasting styles that is, you know, people have talked about it as the battle for the soul of the NBA. I think that's really far-fetched. I don't necessarily feel like watching the Rockets play basketball is particularly enjoyable, but the math works out. And they won 65 games behind a number of average and above average three-point shooters. And nobody truly exceptional shooting the three. But three-pointers are worth one more point. And you take more of them, you make more of them, you win the game. That's what they did for 65 wins. So the Warriors are going to have to be extremely good at running players off the line. I do have to take a break. We'll be back. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built-in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at surface.com slash laptop go. We're talking Warriors and Rockets. And I want to get into this Zach Lowe piece. Zach Lowe, the best X's and O's basketball writer out there. And specifically talk about a contingency that the Warriors have when teams send doubles toward Kevin Durant. Here's what Lowe has to say. Houston will have to be very careful shading help toward Durant in the post. Slough away from Green and he pops up to screen for Curry, Thompson, or some other shooter. With Green's man away from the action, that shooter is wide open if Green's pick connects. The Warriors burn New Orleans with this action over and over. The Rockets have seen it too. It's basically very simple. You double Durant, somebody's going to be open. But it's Green who initiates the actions that will get that player wide open. It's a chess game. You have to be a few moves ahead. Steve Kerr always a few moves ahead. Talent wins out in the NBA, but you got to have a scheme. And Steve Kerr outcoached Alvin Gentry in the second round. You can't just put that all on talent. That's coaching. Another interesting point Lowe makes with the Warriors looking to get out in transition This is really important. He says, Houston is vulnerable to calculated transition rushes. The Rockets often set up their offense with a shooter in each corner and Capella under the rim. If Harden drives and misses, the Warriors have a chance to run with four Rockets loitering way below the foul line. That is death. Against most teams, Houston's floor balance doesn't matter. Against the Warriors, and especially the Warriors with Green at center, it matters. One of those corner shooters is going to have to loop back toward half court earlier than usual. It'll be interesting to see how much Houston uses that play. I'm not sure what the points per possession are on this play that Houston runs, but James Harden is going to have to make the most of his talents in this set because if they don't score, the Warriors are going to ram it down their throat. 
Fast break points are going to be extremely important in this series, especially for the Warriors who get out and run a lot more than the Houston Rockets. People think the Rockets get out and run. The Rockets, they do, but not in the way that the Warriors do. The Warriors were head and shoulders above the rest of the league in fast break points this season. Of all the teams left in the playoffs, the Warriors score by far the most fast break points Per game, 17.6 points per game, while Houston is only scoring 9.8 fast break points per game. The Warriors are by far the fastest team left in the playoffs, and they might have the best defense left in the playoffs as well. Turnovers are going to be huge, with the Warriors only coughing up the ball more than 15 times once in the series against the Pelicans, and as Zach Lowe notes, the Rockets in historic territory in keeping and taking care of the ball. But he also notes when you pound out possessions with Chris Paul or James Harden and you don't pass, it's harder to turn the ball over. Most turnovers come from errant passes, and the Warriors obviously play the passing lanes extremely, extremely well, especially guys like Stephen Curry and Andre Iguodala, as well as Draymond Green who obviously does everything on defense extremely well. The Warriors also lead all playoff teams in defensive rating by a strong margin, 99.3, net rating of 9.5, which is a half a point higher than the Houston Rockets' net rating of 9.0. The Rockets have an offensive rating that outstrips the Warriors by 2.5 points, but the defensive rating of the Warriors is also about two and a half points lower than the Houston Rockets. So Houston comes in with the best offense. The Warriors come in with the best defense. Houston comes in with the second best defense. The Warriors come in with the second best offense of the playoffs so far. So it's very, very strong on both sides of the ball for both teams. And I can really understand what people are saying when they talk about this as the real finals, especially if LeBron isn't able to make it out of the Eastern Conference Finals. And after that first game yesterday, it's looking like it's a possibility that the Celtics can get past. The Celtics are scrappy, they're awesome, but if they do make the finals, the Warriors are going to wipe the floor with them. Of course, you know, that is if they get past the Houston Rockets, who would also wipe the floor with the Celtics. There's just too much star power, and Brad Stevens is a fantastic coach, but so many really, really amazing players stepping it up. Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, but they're not stars. Who who are they going to get a bucket from in crunch time against a team like the Warriors? against a team that plays suffocating defense, rotates like crazy, and will not let you get open in crunch time. Are they going to try to break it down one-on-one? But I digress. Back to Houston and Golden State. Assisting the ball is also going to be very, very important. The Warriors assisting the ball on 70% of their baskets in these playoffs, while Houston, that's number one, by the way, if you didn't know. Houston. 14th in the playoffs and last in the teams that are still in the playoffs in assist percentage at 52.8. The Warriors are going to have to do a good job of pushing the Houston Rockets into making passes and kind of guiding them into the shots that the Warriors want them to take. 
Combining the turnovers and the assists, the Warriors and the Rockets are the two best teams at assist-to-turnover ratio in these playoffs at 2.15 for the Dubs, 2.12 for the Houston Rockets. Just excellent, excellent work taking care of the ball. Interestingly, speaking of taking care of the ball, the Warriors are the number one team left at offensive rebounding, rebounding 22.3% of available caroms off the rim. That's a surprising stat to me. The Houston Rockets are at 18.5%. They're last among teams remaining in the playoffs, and rebounding is going to be absolutely huge. The Warriors have almost completely negated their rebounding disparity from the regular season, and it starts with Draymond Green. But rebounding by committee has been an extremely important element in the Warriors going 8-2 and two to start these playoffs. One more quick break, and then we'll get back to it. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new, lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. We're back, and I want to talk about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been the best player in the playoffs, except for LeBron James. Obviously, except for LeBron James. But among regular people, Kevin Durant has been absolutely incendiary. He scores from everywhere, and his three-point percentage is bad. He's still dominating, even though he can't make a three right now. I was hoping that Steph would surge, and obviously the injuries are a big consideration, but I was hoping that Steph would surge and find a way to win his first finals MVP. It's looking like Kevin Durant is going to take that award if the Warriors win. He's just in a zone of his own making. That And, and, and who's going to guard him? P.J. Tucker. Uh, Trevor Ariza. Uh, these guys are above average defenders, but they can't guard Kevin Durant. He was taking Miritich to task. Miritich is a big guy. He was taking Drew Holiday to task. Drew Holiday, not a big guy. He scored over Anthony Davis multiple times. Not to mention putting in work defensively. Kevin Durant has definitely been the Warriors MVP this playoffs. But I want to talk about the real MVP for a second, Mama Durant, who narrated a Mother's Day-themed Budweiser commercial. And it was heartwarming. It was touching. Very cute. And interspersed moments of Kevin Durant's 2014 MVP speech, where he did refer to his mom, Wanda, as the real MVP. So touching. Interspersed with images of Draymond and his mom, Mary, and some of the NBA's most recognizable faces with their mothers. I could listen to Wanda Durant speak all day. 
I mean, her voice is just so buttery and smooth. I think that Budweiser did a really good job choosing her to narrate this commercial. Definitely worth a watch. More on Durant. The KD-11 was released. It harkens back to some of the other previous KD models, but still utilizing the Nike fly knit for much of the design. I think it's a little bit more lifestyle ready than the KD-10, which was the third best-selling signature shoe of the last year, 2017, behind LeBron and Kyrie, ahead of Steph, and of course, the indomitable Michael Jordan, who continues to sell shoes, despite having not played in the NBA since 2003. I have a pair of the Jordan 31s. I think they're amazing. Lifestyle ready, but they have great ankle support if you do want to play in them. They harken back to the Jordan 1 with the Nike logo kind of fading into the flying it. It's, it's a gorgeous shoe. Kind of surprised to hear that Kyrie had the second best-selling signature shoe. Always surprised at just how popular Kyrie Irving actually is. And I don't really know why I'm surprised at this point. I mean, he is just so good at breaking down defenses. His handle is, you know, it's better than Steph's handle. I'm going to be honest. Steph works really, really hard. But Kyrie has a preternatural gift, whereas Steph built up his ability to handle the ball after he already joined the NBA. Kyrie came into the NBA a phenom with the ball in his hands. But I digress yet again. I do want to talk about the Under Armour Curry 5 as well. It's actually a very good-looking shoe. I like it better than the Curry 4, definitely. It uses a knit kind of sock situation that is becoming more and more popular. It's low, which Steph says is a good thing. We don't know if it's actually a good thing, but he says it's been designed for his ankle braces and to allow full mobility without sacrificing strength and rigidity. But it's a good-looking shoe. I think I like it a little bit better than the KD-11, but both coppable shoes. Back to the Rockets. You know, it's really going to come down to, is James Harden going to be very good? Is Chris Paul going to be very good? Because they both need to be very good, if not perfect, to beat this Warriors team. Like I said, I'm predicting Warriors in six, but this Rockets team has been unpredictable. But they don't quite have the talent. If they have a cold shooting night, it's not going to be good for them. The Warriors have better shooters, fewer shooters, but better shooters. The Warriors have more talent. The Warriors have a better defense. And the Warriors can run them off the floor offensively if they want to. I just think it's a tall task for the Rockets, even with home court advantage, to be able to get out there and stop the Warriors four out of seven times. They're going to stop the Warriors four out of seven times. They're going to outscore the Warriors four out of seven times. It's just a tough sell for me. But it's my job to root for the Warriors. And even more than that, it's my job to believe in them. So maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I just think the talent wins out. uh, That Steve Kerr is probably a better X's and O's coach than Mike D'Antoni. Though Mike D'Antoni is no slouch. He's going to be a number of steps ahead as well. There's going to be adjustments out the wazoo in this series, and it's going to be so, so, so fun to watch. Enjoy the game tonight, 6 p.m. Hope you do have time to listen to this podcast before it starts. In the interest of time, we're going to cut it off here. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads.
Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.